Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Kingsway Kickabout, KCL Radio's home of sports discussion. So before we go into our usual review, uh, this week has marked the passing of possibly the greatest player ever to have played the game, uh, Diego Maradona. Alf, do you have any thoughts uh, and feelings you'd like to share? Uh, I would say the greatest uh, player of all time. Uh, never and maybe even never again has a player so been revered in the way Maradona was um, as Jonathan Wilson's excellent book on Argentinian football puts out in his recent article to The Guardian he was not just a demigod he was the fulfilment of a prophecy um, he was the original Pibe of Argentinian football mm. um, and he lived up to all of the expectations that came with Anmore uh, and he achieved more than um, uh, many people could dream of. Uh, as I put on um, one of my uh, Instagram stories, the um, famous line from um, uh, Luis Morales, uh, the Argentinian commentator on the 86 World Cup, it's the cosmic kite line that stands out for me, the cosmic referring to the otherworldly element of him, the genius, the wonder, and then kite the calm, ethereal beauty uh, on the pitch, um, married together to create something uh, very special indeed. And it's uh, a very sad uh, passing to be taken so soon. He's only um, a few months older than my dad, uh, which does uh, put things into perspective. And um, I'm sure um, uh, from your holiday to Naples, yes, all the boys in January, you'll have seen how much you meant um, well, not just to Argentinians, but to Neapolitans as well. I think he's an illustration of the power of football, you know, the almost religious fanaticism we see and, you know, how it can deliver people, how, uh, you know, despite having a turbulent life himself, as they used to say about Bill Shankly, you know, this quote applies to him too, he made people happy. It's simple as that. And that's why he's renowned with such reverence. So I think, you know, people are saying all kinds of things, but for me, that's the last word. He made people happy without necessarily, you know, uh, hurting anyone else or doing mu- doing that, okay, on the pitch, doing that much wrong. It was just sheer talent and uh, his legend will live on. And the fact that, you know, our own generation who, who, you know, very much after he actually played, you know, we're here, the fact that we can appreciate him, uh, that just that's just a testament to just how good he was. And the unifying factor he was as well, I mean, I'm sure many of us have seen not only the images in uh, Buenos Aires of uh, River and Boca fans uh, coming together, but also in um, uh, Rosario, where obviously Maradona started his career with Newell's Old Boys. Um, in recent years, um, uh, the Rosario derby between um, Rosario Central and Newell's Old Boys has um, arguably become even fiercer um, from the Super Classico uh, in Buenos Aires. And um, uh, the images in Rosario of um, Central and Old Boys uh, fans uh, coming together is uh, very special indeed. Indeed. So, uh, rest in peace, Diego Maradona. Uh, we'll continue to remember you. And, uh, yeah. So, back to our usual fare. Uh, which league do you want to start with? Premier League? Championship? Um, I think we'll mix it up this week. Um, the, we are, we've we been feasting on um, double game weeks in the Championship over the past indeed. months. But this has been... Um, this has definitely been the most revealing double game week we've had so far. Mm. And um, we'll start 
the rock bottom of the league. Um, nobody expected us to say that by November we'd be talking about Derby County as rock bottom of the league. Um, uh, but here we are. Um, they sacked P- Philip Koku, excuse me, uh, after their port start. Um, obviously, the famous stat is the one goal from open play, but perhaps even more worrying is only one win so far. Um, and over the past two games away to Bristol City and away to Middlesbrough, um, it's just been totally unclear, uh, the management situation, exacerbated by the uh, impending takeover. And um, it has come out that uh, for Saturday's game, uh, away at Wickham Wanderers, uh, an absolutely huge, huge crunch game um, for Derby, uh, that Wayne Rooney will be taking charge. And this is after not only Liam Rossini, um saying to the press that it's his dream job. Well, he's dreamed of being a manager and he sees this as his time. And also the fact that Steve McLaren, obviously Derby's ex-manager, was in the stands for Middlesbrough and for the Middlesbrough game. Uh, and obviously was rumoured to be taking over as a head coach role. Um, so it's very, very grey indeed at the moment at Derby, uh, both in the mood and with clarity. Indeed. And new ownership makes that very difficult, you know, I guess. What do they want? How ambitious are they? Uh I do wonder if um, the impending takeover um, has weakened Mel Morris's desire for, a, you know, a, 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 a solid appointment, if that makes sense. If, yeah. if the takeover is to happen in the next few weeks, it, it is, um, you know, being touted and expected. Um, maybe his idea that uh, a whole cabal of potential managers in a vague management team of McLaren, Rossini and Rooney uh, will be presented to the new owner and the new owner in collaboration with players and staff will, you know, um, rank sort of those three, as it were. Um, like, I, I mean, I, I have a hunch that they're going to go for Rooney as um, either player manager or outright manager to be mm. Um, Quick thoughts on uh, the relevance of player managers in this day and age. I mean, on on the second day podcast, shout out to them. Uh, they said that uh, it's not the nineties, pretty much, and uh, in this, it's different because you look at the number of an amount of analysis, uh, scouting, just general sideline work that goes on. Can you fit all that in with actually playing? And is it a modern thing to do? I, I mean, I can't remember the last like really prominent example of a player manager turning out to be a success. Um, I'm going to go really niche and a really while back here. Um, but I remember Terry Skiverton as Yeovil town manager got them promoted from League 2 to League 1. My, my. That is niche. 2009-2010. I, I remember that because I'm uh, also beat them in the FA Cup when we are still mm. on league side. Um, uh EFL fans may remember, and Wimbledon fans may remember Jack Midson. Scored the winner that day. Anyway, um, uh, but yeah, no, uh, I agree with you, Aki. Um, a player manager situation makes me feel a bit uneasy. Um, uh, and I mean, you know, so fresh from Rooney, you know, being an integrated part of the dressing room. And I guess, the, indeed, leading by example. Yeah, but okay, yes, he's been leading by example, but he's part of the dressing room dynamic. and for the dynamic to change so suddenly uh, yeah. may create, uh, uh, well, I think well, will create tension. It's funny, if we want an analogy, uh, Jurgen Klopp was virtually made from a player to a manager in his career. 
And in his world, well, you know, in his words, he's talked about how difficult it was just suddenly going up to players and telling them, uh, players who were his equals, to whether they're playing or not, and how difficult that was. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, obviously, he managed to uh, turn it around at mind. Yeah, um, but in it, yeah, as as you say, it's um, it, it's a very strange uh, dynamic in indeed. Uh, we're talking about these player managers, these management groups. Uh, just a quick word on the performances Derby have had. Yeah. Uh, so Bristol have been heavily depleted by COVID, and uh, they managed to beat Derby narrowly, but they did. And uh, it was one of Derby's better performances on Saturday, even though it was abject. So that says a lot. Yeah, well, I, th- I think even more a pressing concern is um, the midweek performance away at Middlesbrough. Um, uh, just totally, totally abject. Um, uh, I, I don't want to give away too much because um, I guess this is a nice segue to talk about Middlesbrough. Um, uh, but yeah, Derby, Derby just uh, are looking really impotent uh, well, at the minute. It, impotence is one thing against Middlesbrough, but Middlesbrough don't score tons of goals. I mean, yeah, this is the worrying thing. If you let them score three past you, then um, we. From what we saw post lockdown, and I mean, I mean, just look at looking at the team on paper, like Matt Clark and Andre Wisdom, right? That on paper is one of the best centre back partnerships in the championship. That is, yeah. and to think that they're now here is just—it's mad. It's well, well, really mad. Alf, we said it last week. It's not a bad team, and you know, this isn't one of those oh, there we go again situations. Like it's genuinely unfathomable, and. It, it it's something to be ashamed of, you know. It's it's just like I know it's harsh language, but no, 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 no. It is what it is. Um, I, I guess that's a very nice segue into Middlesbrough. Now, uh, George Ellick of Top Twenty Betting Show uh, raised the prospect of a thirty-three to one on uh, Middlesbrough winning the league. Uh, is that going too far, or are we that impressed with Middlesbrough? Um, Look, they're listen, practical, they're efficient, but then again, it, as Norwich showed against them, they're not quite uh, any of the promoted teams as such. Well, it's it's interesting because, like, if 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 we think about this in the long term, right? Um, we we were skeptical at the start of the season, as many people were, that it probably won't be a case as simple as Warnock making a bad team really good. It looks like that is as simple as it is. Yeah. And the fact that they've set a new record for fewest goals conceded after 13 games in championship history. Only I think the se- second, second fewest. Oh, second. second. Yeah. Nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, nonetheless. Extraordinary. And that, as we know with Warnock, isn't going to change, right? And so, okay... Apart from a scenario like we saw against Norwich of the weekend where, okay, they missed a penalty with Tavernia, but, you know, giving away a sloppy penalty after keeping them at bay for the majority of the game. I can't see Middlesbrough losing basically any game this season. Well, that's on paper, Alf, and this is a championship. You can't see yeah. them losing, but that doesn't mean they will. They are defensively impenetrable, and the, uh, the British Ombolonga can, you know, put away the chances when it feels like it. Uh, but maybe not. Uh, I I don't think while the uh, all the promoted teams and we'll come on to uh, and the likes of Norwich, Watford, and Bournemouth next. But 
as good as Middlesbrough are, I think they won't be able to, especially in an attacking sense. I think uh, their lack of goal-scoring threat will hurt them eventually because teams will uh, yeah. count nil-nils against them. That is very fair. I do wonder if um, um, the Middlesbrough ownership will um, uh, smell blood in January and try and take advantage with a few loans. Um, oh yeah, I mean, I think they'll be a bit cash trapped after yeah. Steve Gibson's nice new house. So you know. Yes, yes. Um, we didn't talk about that. Uh, I don't think. No, we haven't. Um, yes. Uh, so Steve Gibson obviously buying his new uh, fancy. How how much was the amount? Was it over twenty million quid? It was uh, absolutely bananas. Like, well, it's one of the biggest houses to be built in a long time. Yeah. Um. Uh. And uh, yeah. In uh, one of the most uh, deprived areas of the country, um, North Yorkshire, sure. of course. Yes. Well, it, it just seems bizarre to say Middlesbrough. Well, Yorkshire. you know, talk about a rags through the story. Uh, Chris Kamara's good friends with uh, Steve Gibson, and they grew up on the same estate in Middlesbrough. So he's a local lad at heart, you know. Like, yes, yes. I... One of those owners that has a genuine interest in the prosperity of his club. Yes, uh, and uh, obviously we know um, the uh, l- legend. Of um, Middlesbrough's working class in um, Don Revy and Brian Clough, two Middlesbrough boys, yeah, growing up within um, uh, the same road as each other, or one road of each other, I should say. Well, I mean, Middlesbrough, I mean, a lot of fans. I still remember the uh, uh, fif- uh, yeah, 15 16 promotion campaign. Yes. Some of the away followings during that campaign, I remember just casually flicking watching them a game at Birmingham. Tremendous followings. And when Middlesbrough are going, their fans will go to any length to to see them and you know it's sad that they even though it's not the most entertaining way of going up in the league they would still be there in their thousands yes i remember that season um uh, around the new year um when they were away to fellow title challengers burnley um and uh they got a last minute equalizer um and they'd annexed the entirety of that um burnley away end uh the yeah. stand sorry i should say um, and it was absolute bedlam. Uh, <laughs> so they do bring good uh, following indeed. Um, and uh, continuing to talk about uh, promotion contenders for the championship, uh, let's talk about Norwich City, who are on an incredible run of form at the moment. They're finally clicking and playing with Verve going forward. Electric in the opening 60 minutes against Stoke City on, uh, uh, on Tuesday night. The fact of the matter is, uh, Norwich have been lucky to not have been picked apart because while they did falter in the Premier League, some of their players are Premier League quality. Uh, Timu Puki, Emiliano Buendia, Vrancic uh, is, is, is still there, Yes, right? he is indeed. Vrancic, uh, Marco Stieperman. Uh, these are all guys, a shout out to Jack Reaver, talk Norwich City in his analysis that he, they speak very highly of. They are loved for who they are and they are players with great ability, especially at this level. And when they come together, they comprehensively won a league in eighteen nineteen, as they did. And they're very much still capable of doing that and uh, succeeding at this level. And simple as that, it was just a matter of clicking. Absolutely. So uh, you mentioned Mario Vrancic. Um, people rightly, including me, thought that, and maybe still do think that this may spark a run of form similar to what they had in November, December, January of the 1890 season. Well, it's interesting with 1890. I talk about clicking. Uh, I remember they had Stuart Weber on the Talk Norwich City show. Yeah. And uh, he said that 
first, well, they said that the turning point for them when they thought something could happen here was, I don't know whether you remember it, uh, when they won 2-1 at Nottingham Forest, Kimmy Close yes, getting two goals. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. I think there's also that uh, famous 4-3 win over Millwall as well. Uh, those yep. two uh, uh, very, very late goals indeed. And that surprise win at Leeds, of course. Yes. That no one expected. Um, yeah. Now, one of the consistencies we remember of Norwich that season was their uh, consistent, well, consistent team selection. Um, uh, you know, Hernan- well, at least going forward with Hernandez on the left, Bundy on the right, Stephen at 10, Pukie up front. Um, they chopped and changed a bit this season, but it's similar. Um, but a huge spanner has gone in the works for them. Uh, so, Aki, I'm going to now read out to you uh, Norwich's uh, new injury list. Um, so, Sam Byram, no set date. Ballymumba, out till February. Chavi Kintia, no set date. So, that's both of their left-backs out. Kieran Dow, no set date. Todd Campwell, three weeks. Ono Hernandez, out till January or February. Kenny McLean, six to 16 weeks. Adam Ida, out until February. Jordan Hugel, three weeks plus, so that's both of their strikers gone. When we say that Timo Puki is out for another three weeks and then picked up midweek, uh, Tim Krull, obviously going off uh, for Michael McGovern. Tim Krull's now out for four weeks. And Emi Buendia, uh, with a stupid second yellow, has picked up a suspension. Now, that's a lot <laughs> of injuries. Well, Jürgen, Jürgen Klopp won't be complaining about his injury problems after reading that. So, uh... Yeah. Um, so yeah, it may and be um, I, it may be back to the grind. Uh, truth be told, I didn't realise their injuries were that deep, and uh, I didn't. Either. If you look, I think now is the time when uh, you have to look at a, a bit at fixtures because they're actually at home to Coventry tomorrow at three pm, and obviously yes. like Coventry near the bottom of the league, but I, I think that's I think Coventry will, uh, are capable, and people like Hemed will relish this opportunity to get stuck in you don't know what could happen this is the kind of thing that could derail a title chase and uh, if Daniel Farker does manage to keep it together then credit to him but yeah serious trouble uh, for Norwich I would say uh, yes uh, and uh, touching on Coventry City uh, is interesting um, because in midweek uh, they got a very good win uh, after an absolutely dour 0-0 draw against Birmingham they got a good 1-0 win over Cardiff City um, but perhaps the story is not with Coventry City and more with Cardiff City. Um, growing support among the still in the minority, Neil Harris out brigade, um, which seems mad considering what a job he did with them last season. Uh, yeah. But they've just been so dour and turgid this season, well, the result aside. I have some uh, experience of Millwall of uh, Millwall during the New Harris era, and let's put it this way: I mean, I used to analogy because I think I can uh, relate it to what Cardiff fans are going through. Throughout their history, Millwall have not been uh, famed for playing the playing the most attractive football, and it's not something their fans are used to. But when you hear them complaining as vehemently as they did near the end of the New Harris era about just how dour and one dimensional the football was. You know there's, well, I'm not a serious problem, but you know there are, there's a certain lack of standard there. And uh, I think that just illustrates just how worse than Pulis, if you get what I mean, a Harris can be. And I think Cardiff is seeing that. Now, that style of playing is all right if you get results, fair enough. But there are, there are a few worse ways to lose in football than to play the way Neil Harris played and then lose. Yes, um, that that that's uh, the same uh, problems that we're seeing with Watford uh, at the minute. 
Um, it's all very well uh, when you're winning 1-0 as Watford are under Vladimirovic, but when you're not picking up the points, notably 0-0 um, at Wickham away where they should have lost, um, uh, then it really does uh, does turn sour. Um, Neil Harris will point to um, individual errors, either fairly or unfairly. I mean, you know, the, the goal they conceded at uh, the that Coventry scored was just an absolute uh, clanger um, from Alex Smithies with a, a pass out, um, even though they have the better of the game. Perhaps, as we're crying out for, that will initiate a run of games for Dylan Phillips, who is yeah. to make his Cardiff City debut, which is mad considering he made a really good case for being the best goal in the Championship. Last and bear in mind, this isn't a bad team. Junior yes. Hoylet, Keeper Moore, Harry Wilson. Oh, no. Especially more and Wilson, no, even more really. Um, and I, I think more should be made. Uh, no pun intended. Should be made about the defence. Um, uh, Curtis Nelson um, is one of the best centre backs in the league, and you know, partnering him is an absolute ch- championship veteran in Morrison, and a player who's been at Cardiff for a while and knows the ins and outs of the club. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's it, it's difficult to lay your finger on what's going wrong uh, with Cardiff at the minute. Mm. Indeed, uh, lack of goal-scoring threat and creativity is one. I'd say a chance creation is a big issue. Uh, where do you want to go next, Al? Do you want to have a look at Wickham? Yes, we can have a look at Wickham. Um, uh, one point, I, I want to kick this discussion off by making a... So one very good point that was made in another podcast was uh, there are three teams... OK, Wickham were, uh, you know, favourites relegation, but this, this host said that I think there are three teams worse than Wickham, not because of ability, but because if you look at the bottom of the table, Wickham seem like the only team asked was actually trying to stay up. That's a very interesting point and a potentially valid one. Um, the thing is, if if we're looking at the bottom of the league, we'd expect Pulis to keep Wednesday up now, I think. Um, uh, just a, uh, just just a moment to a uh, moment of respect for uh, Barry Bannon's neck and how often it's looking up. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, poor fella, um, looking up to Jordan Rhodes a lot of the time with a long ball as well. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, and playing virtually in defence to pick up the ball up from deep because yeah. he's the only one who can actually pass the ball. Quick aside. Um, Callum Patterson has been in the news uh, this week for his um, uh, debacle with Darnell Fisher. We'll just put it like that. Um, but that has completely overshadowed the fact that Callum pa- Patterson is now playing as a DM. What? Anyone to see foresee this development um, as a you know funnel player um, in a Sheffield Wednesday midfield system? Bizarre. Uh, but anyway. Well- he played on the right, uh, according to the lineup against Swansea on Wednesday, which is an interesting result. Poor result for Swansea, but nonetheless. Aki, watching the extended highlights, let me tell you, there were no wingers in that Wednesday system. That was a, the narrowest block of five um, you'll ever see. Um, I'm trying to think of an analogy for other blocks of five, but anyway. Uh, anyway, we we're talking about the bottom of the league. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday may probably stay up. Derby County, if they get the manager right, maybe, but yeah. maybe we could cast them aside. But this is the thing. I mean, Wickham got a very, very good draw against Brentford. Yes. Um, Brentford were pretty abject, it should be noted. 
Um, but but you can't with, just rely on Ivan Tony. Like even though he may be the top scorer, he's yes. Oh, he's he's been absolute machine in recent weeks. By the way, Ivan Tony, um, the, the Brentford transformation from the electric BMW up front to um, a lot more solid, and you know, banking on the goalman um, up front. Um, just just a quick aside on that point. Marcus Force um, has not only been an electric form for Finland, but also for Brentford off the bench this season. I, I'd expect him to be itching for a move uh, where he can get first team football in the championship because boy, is he good enough for it. Um, uh-huh. And uh, yeah, um, now now on the bottom three, um, I, I guess if we're to have Wigan staying up, um, can we see any team uh, potentially dropping, as it were? Um, I think maybe the most likely for that would be Rotherham. Uh, uh, Rotherham and Coventry aren't out of the mix. In uh, Co- Coventry are capable of the odd good result, but you know they're very much in there and they shouldn't be discounted as such. And uh, I also would, um, as, as I do every season, say Birmingham City are going to drop. Um, again, nothing they, they've had nothing convincing really this season to say they've improved that much beyond Clot at last season. Um, Alan Halilovic is a fun uh, football manager-esque. Uh, whether he can make the creative difference on the pitch is definitely yet to be seen. Um, and well, and so, yeah... Point- I, no one's been cut adrift yet, so as you say, anything yeah, is possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but but with those chaps, I um I think that uh, Wickham's hope for the survival lies not in the fact that there are three uh, teams around them who don't seem to be caring, rather that um I still think there are a few teams uh, to drop into the relegation mix uh, that on paper don't look like they are at the minute. And. Uh... Just a quick word uh, also on Stoke City and one Tyrese Campbell who uh, seems to have a very bright future ahead and maybe making a jump up uh, when the time is right, which may not be too far away. He's such a cool finisher. He's, he, he, some, uh, I think many people entertain themselves in lockdown um, uh, when, um, well, in June, sorry, when um, uh, BBC and ITV were doing reruns of past Euros. Uh, BBC did a rerun of Croatia 2, England 4 at Euro 2004, where obviously Bruni um, announced himself. Maybe not announced himself, but, you know, showed his class. Um, and in the analysis, um, Ian Wright was talking about finishes, um, this this weird, ambiguous noise. Um, but just uh, to illustrate, just cool, rolling it in. Mm absolute calmness, just thinking clearly through everything, giving I mean, the goalie the fin- eyes. Finishing is one thing, Alf, but Tyrese Campbell, he's a young player, so, you know, he, he gets experimented on a lot, and uh, he's been, every single position he's been asked to play, be it, you know, number 10, left, mm. right, middle, he's played well in every position. Like, he's that versatile, if you get what I mean. And those attributes that you mentioned there of versatility and diligence and uh, the attributes of calmness, um, you know, that's not uh, those aren't characteristics that one often associates with a player of his age. Um, exactly. Um, well, this is what I mean. This is why Stoke fans don't want to talk about him that much because they know what's coming and they know he's not there for long. Yeah, a- absolutely. And um, uh, yeah, um, I suspect any uh, promotion charge that Stoke may have this season uh, will rest firmly uh, on his goal scoring shoulders. Of course, of course. Uh, so, uh, other results in the championship. 
we have to talk about Bournemouth uh, yeah. and their 2 0 win over Nottingham Forest. Well, first, we can talk about both results, obviously. But uh, a 2 0 win over Forest, uh, no one expected them to do well. Jason Tindall's done a great job of a virtual a second nobody that Bournemouth has basically hired as a manager. And uh, yeah, he's he's doing the business in Dom Solanke, Grunveld, Stanislas. These players are proving their worth. Yes. Um, with Tindall, um, it's so nice to see them finally have the shackles ripped off and their uh, formation change uh, to a 4-2-3-1-4-3-3 is just working absolutely brilliantly. Um, you know, Dan Juma, Stanislas, Don Solanke and David Brooks. I mean, look, it, it's, it may be a bit tenuous to say, but Don Solanke has an England cap. Dan Juna Groenevelt has caps for the Netherlands and David Brooks has been a focal point for uh, the Welsh national team who, let's not forget, are in the top 20 uh, of the world right now. Um, we had Shiri wax, wax lyrical on him last week. Um, you know, the quality of that is just supreme and when you let the shackles off for that, inevitably they can rip teams apart and gel like they did uh, against Reading in the second half. Um, shout out to Lewis Cook. What an absolute belt. Uh, that was and um, an extremely satisfying. Uh, well, goal of the goal. season so far, I'm saying. Well, yeah, but it's the you know the hit of a whip, the whoosh through the air, the clink off the bar, and then the clink out of the net. Um, absolutely lovely, um, and uh, yeah, um, Jefferson Lerma as well mopping up. Um, many people have talked as well about Lloyd Kelly. Um, Versatile between centre-back and left-back. Uh, finally injury-free this season and playing at his potential. Um, and uh, many people, obviously, with Jack O'Connell's lengthy injury for Sheffield United, have been uh, pointing out how ideal uh, he would be with his, you know, uh, how effective he is at passing ver vertically, excuse me, um, down the left flank of the pitch uh, and breaking the lines, um, coupled with his, you know, you know broad figure, um, which helps him, uh, you know, really uh, be able to break the press and drive through himself. So, yeah, plenty of positives uh, for ball. And um, if they maintain their uh, defensive foundation, uh, then there's no reason why they'll uh, drop out of the playoffs uh, from this point on. Uh, a, qu a quick word, of course, also on Nottingham Forest, who well, their main problem at this point seems to be the fact that the only one who can score is Lyle Taylor. Yes, um, it poses an interesting question as to what will happen when Lewis Graben uh, comes back. Yeah, um, Chris Hutton will be frustrated with a few things at the moment. Um, notably, the lack of clinicality going forward. Uh, Guerrero has been uh, ostracised for missing some absolute sitters um, in recent weeks. Uh, but the problem is not you know, just his own. Um, Bryce Sambers had a drop-off and forming goal. Um, uh, you know, Scott McKenna hasn't translated his form for Scotland uh, into domestic duty. No, uh, well, yeah, club duty, sorry, I should say. Um, Harry Arter has struggled to fit in this season, um, but obviously he's had quite a few, fair enough, he's had personal problems in the recent, well, five years or so. Um, uh, so there are a few lost souls, I think is the way to put it in the squad. Uh, I think with time, that'll definitely sort itself out. I mean, we know how good of a manager Hutton is. Uh, 
Uh, but Forest fans will definitely need to have patience uh, before that point. And uh, maybe it won't be long until we see the release of the knockout uh, finally into first-team football for them. But uh, it's worth noting, of course, Forest lost to another team who are doing very well, uh, Barnsley, uh, over last week. Yes, the uh, Austrian revolution at Barnsley continues, I'm very happy. Um, the yeah. fact of the matter is, Barnsley just were the better team. That, that, that's what people have been saying. I mean, it have been the better team for uh, most games uh, over the past few weeks uh, since uh, Ismail took over. He has got Barnsley performing the way we all thought they would be under Schreiber this season. It didn't quite come off with Schreiber for this season for various reasons. Um, but Ismail really has um, uh, come up with the goods. Um, uh, they, they were the better side uh, against Brentford. Uh, they were unlucky to lose. Um, Corley Woodrow has come on leaps and bounds this season. Um, and I just absolutely love his versatility. He can play as a 10, a false 9, a target man, a poacher, a wide target man. Um, he can he can really do it all. Um, uh, I, 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 I think we are close to seeing him in the Premier League. Um, if that not be with Barnsley, then uh, with a transfer. Uh, well... Barnsley, they want to consolidate this season. They're 13th. Do you see a playoff push? Well, you did say at the beginning of the season. Yes, yes, well, I do see a playoff push. Um, I do see a playoff push. Um, maybe not playoffs itself, but I mean, they, 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 Ismail is just such a good fit for them at the minute. Um, and obviously, a lot has been made about the, the cabal of Austrian players and Moneyball uh, signing, signings. Um, but at least in miles, not enough has been made about their... Um, their produce from home and uh, very near at home in their academy. I mean, they're two wing-backs for them who are crucial in the system, let's not forget, in um, uh, Callum Styles and Britain um, have both been absolutely brilliant this season. And uh, that's coupled with um, uh, Walton in goal. Um, you know, they, they were um and an R in between um, Brad Collins and uh, Sam Radliger. Uh, last season, obviously, Sam Ragley has returned uh, to Austria. Um, Brad Collins looked like he was going to be the number one uh, around February, March of the season. Um, but Walton, uh, an academy lad, has just completely come in, uh, taking the number one jersey and uh, excelled, um, which is uh, really nice to see. And uh, another promising young English goalkeeper called Walton, like uh, Christian Walton, of, um, who's currently on Brighton's books. Indeed. So, would you say this is a good point to move on to uh, League One? Yes, I would. Um, and Do you want to start at Portman Road? Yes. I was going to suggest, it may be a bit broken record but I, I mean, it is the headline of the week. Um, you know, on, on Saturday, when they scraped a win at home to uh, Shrewsbury, uh, they were 1-0 down. Shrewsbury have been dire this season. Um, you know, they only got back into the game because of an absolute fluke of an own goal. Um, and then obviously a 95th or 6th minute uh, winner for them. Uh, Ipswich fans said, you know, watch out, it was totally paper, papered over the cracks. Um, and Ipswich and Hull has billed um, the midweek fixture as, you know, two sides who have maybe um, uh, flattered to deceive so far this season. Hull, I mean, uh, to a lesser extent than Ipswich, uh, Ipswich sorry. Um, but have still... Um, despite their results, uh, underlying question marks over them. Um, so, you know, a potential statement performance from Ipswich could have really been well, good. The, 
Um, Did you expect it to be as one-sided as it was? No, I, I didn't. Um, but, I mean, Hull took the game by the scruff of the neck. Um, it's so nice to see George Honeyman um, really explode into this um, uh, uh, fantastic player. Um, I really like Hull's left-hand side at the minute. Uh, Callum Elder is, you know, a really nice, sturdy left-back with good crossing. Uh, foot and uh, that um, you know uh, compliments Adelican on the left uh, really nice you know the player likes to cut in with a few tricks and flicks I think Josh McGuinness has found his level at the top of League One I think we kind of knew that anyway but that has really crystallised this season um, uh, and then obviously when you bring on a player like Tom Eves off the bench who I mean you know if you get the right structure around him can be a, an effective goal scorer at any level um, with his physicality, um, you know, uh, that, that can be a lot of promise. Um, they've sorted out the goalkeeping situation. I mean, it, we were crying out for George Long to be benched uh, last season. Um, we all know the first game after lockdown, Hull at home for Charlton, George Long dropped an absolute clanger. Uh, Matt Ingram's done well since he's come in. Um, and so Hull... So, without making many signs, Harleman inadvertently sorted themselves out, you know, after relegation... Mm. That they're in good stead for their level. It's uh, yeah, and and it's also interesting, like the way, um, well, um, I mean, it was considered defensive when Ipswich are playing five three two, um, but I think that had a lot more balance, weirdly now than this four four two does. Um, Lambert has persisted with it in the last two weeks, um. I think Keenan Bennett's is a good addition on the left wing, but Alan Judge is just not effective as a right midfielder. And I mean, we've seen enough evidence of that uh, for the Republic of Ireland under Martin O'Neill. Um, Norwood and Sears are a good front two on paper, but they they haven't gelled yet. Um, so maybe, excuse me, um, uh, the right time to bring Jackson back in. Um, and so there are a lot of personnel question marks uh, for Ipswich now, uh, as well as the ever lingering question about whether Lambert is indeed the right man for the job. Yeah. Well, I mean, not all is lost. They're still in the playoffs, but you're right. If, if They should be a team aiming to bounce back, given the size and the support. And uh, while they're in the playoffs, I think the man is in a job. But they need to watch themselves very carefully because there are teams breathing down their necks. Uh, very quickly, uh, next, speaking of playoff teams, just rounding it up, uh, Portsmouth and Oxford in midweek, a game you were very interested in, obviously. And uh, the Vanarama Van Dyke, it's worth talking about him. Oh, mate, stop. Um, Oxford, um, so uh, I said to myself with this season, um, I'll buy the away kit, our glorious new orange away kit, which we wore on um, Tuesday night. Um, but Black Friday, as we all know. Oxford home shirt down to half price. Um, so that means I'm getting the two kits this season. Uh, so that means I'm getting uh, Rob Atkinson on the away one when it comes to what I've got. Um, uh, Alex Gorin on uh, this one to come. But the Vanarama Van Dyke, the difference he's made since he's come back is just absolutely ridiculous. Rob Atkinson, he's, there's still raw elements to him, but that, it's just an unbelievable driving run. Um, through the press is so uh, you know rewarding and a beastly figure um he he his passing technique he like flashes and whips the ball into the midfield there's no 
um, sloppy passing with him or, you know, reluctance with his decision making. Um, you know, it's always uh, touch, turn, look up with his pass. Um, and, you know, often he even gives them going to the midfield. Um, so it's just such a refreshing player to have. Um, and also, uh, Marcus McGuan has had a really quite a good start of the season for Oxford. Um, he's uh, fitted into the wide midfield role really nice as a Metzala um, in Robinson's system. Um, and, you know, now that Henry and Taylor got goals uh, on the weekend away at Wigan, um, hopefully that will give them confidence back. And, um, you know, just... Slowly but surely, we just need to calmly move away from the relegation zone. That's the December priority. Slowly, buy me away the table. Fair enough. Slowly get on the table and get away from the relegation zone. That's the priority. And I mean, what better way to continue that (laughs) at home to Swindon uh, tomorrow? The uh, only League One fixture this weekend, apart from Fulham Sunderland tonight. there's also a Ipswich Charlton. Uh, was there Ip- a Ipswich in action? I didn't realise. Yep, tomorrow. Well, big, big, big game in the playoffs. Very big game. And uh, both teams coming into it have a poor. But we'll we'll get on to Charlton. Um, but also, uh, if you don't mind, a quick word on Northampton. Yes. And uh, <laughs> see, the thing is, we get promoted to League One, and we're hovering don't... above, just above the relegation zone in 16th. The fact of the matter is, once Northampton are in League One, relegation is a matter of when. If it won't be this season, I hate to be so uh, downbeat about this, but if it won't be this season, there'll be a relegation fight next season. I... And uh, Northampton have reached what I would call their uh, the peak of their resources and ability, like just staying up respectively in League One. I, 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 well, I think you should have a lot more optimism. Um much has been made about Northampton's easy fixture list so far, which is fair. But you've picked up the points when it matters. I mean, you know, going into this week. It's fine, but this is life for Northampton fans. Like, it, next season, I'm just saying, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think we're capable of better than, I'd say, 15, 16 to the League One. Uh, yes, I, I think that would be fair. But, you, you know, you can you can slowly build on it. Um, yeah, you know, you know, you can you can aim for bit by bit progress, um, and it's 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 been a it's been a good week for Northampton. Yeah, it's been a good week, a good 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 draw. Q, uh, Q, you uh, Wolf of Wall Street uh, gift uh, that um, yeah uh, we we both have, um, but uh, yeah, I mean you're just uh, yeah slowly edging the way, uh, edging away, excuse me, from the relegation zone when you have games where you could pick up points, and that's all you can do when you're relegation. Yeah, and well, yeah, that that's Northampton. Uh, they have the players for it. They had a good win at Burton, and uh, well, except well, we will say acceptable draw at Rochdale. You know, no, nothing too shabby about that. Uh, Ricky Holmes, of course. Yes, uh, Ricky Holmes, the boy is back. Um, we love to see it. Um, Sam, never forget fifteen, sixteen, Ricky Holmes, mate. The highlight reel, that highlight. It's that needs yeah. to be shared on Twitter. What a highlight reel! An unbelievable high rights reel. Um, obviously, the big thing with Ricky Holmes um, playing. Obviously, we know uh, Keith Curls three five two, as the chant goes. Um, and Ricky Holmes has slotted into the left hand side of midfield on that, uh, and not uh, in the front two. And so that's obviously increases his defensive burden, which I mean, 
is not really his thing. Um, so it will be interesting to see how that uh, how that pans out. Okay. In town, you know, just. But now that we've moved, we've talked about Burton. Let's uh, get on to Charlton and uh, their surprisingly poor form because I, I thoroughly expected him to beat Gillingham. That didn't materialise. Well, and there was a fluke, fluke result. I mean, I, I, I don't know how Charlton didn't win that game. Um, and that's not just because Ovin missed a penalty in Butterfly Effect. They 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 battered him. Uh, they played him off the part. Gillingham have been really poor this season. Um, and uh, yeah, that, you know that's just. Well, I mean, one point's better than none, obviously. But uh, bear in mind, they had the same number of shots, even though Charlton had had seventy uh, percent possession. Yeah, but the quality of those Gillingham shots are very limited. Um, yeah, uh, Ben Amos in goal was not troubled at all, really. Well, speaking of Benamos and Goal, moving on to midweek and an absolute uh, uh, absolute nightmare at Burton. Uh, individual errors everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Boya yeah. calling out Bogle in the press. So, well, I mean, you know, did he not call him out enough, uh, in the game by subbing him off in the 30th minute? <laughs> yeah, I think. And a signing, a signing uh, unveiled with a lot of fanfare. But no, no. The, the thing I, I, I need to emphasise is is that the highlights of that game need to be watched back. Uh, I'd recommend watching it because some of the individual errors just gifting Burton goals. Charlton weren't bad going forward, but you know Ben Amos and the defence need to sort they get sort themselves out, and some coordination is needed. Um, I think the most worrying thing from that is that obviously we talk we talk about the individual errors and in defence. Um, I think. Surely part of Bowie's reasoning for picking uh, a centre-back partnership of Darren Patley and, uh, Prattley, excuse me, and Chris Gunter, two players who are nominally not centre-backs, Chris Gunter right-back, Darren Prattley at the end, um, is experience, cool-headedness, uh, know-how to drill a back line. Um, and when they're dropping mistakes like that, that really comes into question as to why you know you're playing them in those positions and not... Jason Pierce or Deji Oshelaja, who are fit. Um, it's not like the injury crisis that they had last season. Um, Martin, their loanee from Chelsea, uh, can also play a centre back. Um, and uh, I'm not sure if uh, Femewo uh, is injured, that um, he can as well. And then obviously Ryan Ennis, their new recruit from the summer, who started the season well by all accounts. Um, so some peculiarities with the team collection, um, but I'm sure Bowie will get the ship. Uh, well, I, I hope so, and uh, they have a big opportunity for big names to step forward uh, when they go away to Ipswich. Uh, I think he'll have a changed team. I, I think the likes of Connor Washington and Johnny Williams will start. Yeah. I, I think he'll go for it, and uh, I think Jason Pierce will come into defence if he can. He also might uh, change uh, to a four-three-three um, and have more nominal width uh, in the yeah. team. Um, Obviously, they've been playing a four-four-two recently, but with Madison and Gilby on the wings, both players who, I mean, you know, play play at number ten. Really, um, naturally, you're going to have a lot of cutting inside um, there. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see a four-three-three come in, and you know, uh, Johnny Williams to really stay on the left wing and you know, cut inside onto his right and whip balls in, and then maybe Albie Morgan on the right, um, uh, uh, complementing that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, indeed, and now now, now that's uh, League One. Uh, any other teams that uh, take your fancy in that league? Um, a quick word on Lincoln City. 
Um, they marked on Justin Montsma getting the goal. Um, they're just going under the radar. They keep winning. They keep convincingly winning. Um, Peterborough too. They're they're also uh, quietly going about their business. Yes. Um, uh, R.I.P. Uh, Louis Zacker on the weekend, which uh, Peterborough buggered up for him uh, by losing to Blackpool. Um, but obviously, excuse me, uh, uh, Peterborough uh, putting it right midweek uh, by beating Plymouth one nil. Um, so you know um, their revenge season, as their chairman put it. Excuse me, goes on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, if, you know, Lincoln has had a lot of ambition, uh, good management, and definitely up there. Uh, Peterborough, of course. Now, are they a surprise for you? No. Um, I had Peterborough winning the league. Uh, the start of this season. Of course. Um, just, they've, they've kept their... F- I mean, obviously, Tony loss is big, but, I mean, replacing him with Johnson Clark Harris is literally the best they can do. Um, you, you know, there's no better... Uh, Obviously, Clark Harris is not quite a carbon copy of Ivan Tony. Um, uh, Clark Harris uh, gets more involved in build-up play than Tony, um, but yeah. you know they, they still have uh, the axis of um, Dembele and Schmodix uh, flanking them. Uh, that same attacking impetus, um, and this season, unlike last season, where they took until November, December to gel under Ferguson again, um, they've gelled from the start of the season now. Um, and so that should mean they accumulate uh, enough points to be in that top two, especially um, when you expect teams like Hull and Nipswich and maybe even Portsmouth to drop off. Um, uh, so, so yeah. Indeed. Uh, so, I, I, I guess that's uh, all the teams of interest in League One. Uh, do you have any words on League yes. Two? Yes. Grimsby Town. Um, now, much was waves about well, I mean, during the game, you know, they lose 5-0 to Tranmere. And then the furore uh, after the game, it, there's a lot to dissect with it. So in Ian Holloway's uh, viral post-match interview, or Humberside viral, I should say, post-match interview, um, he talks about how not only did his scout tell him that uh, Tranmere were going to play a different way to they did with the 4-4-2 diamond, which quite-unquote buggered his plan. Um, now, apparently, Tranmere have been playing a 4-4-2 diamond uh, for the past few weeks. So that shouldn't have uh, thrown a surprise. There have been off-field issues. Um, he's let go of Moshny. Uh, they're signing from Scotland, as well as Ludwig Ehrman, their Swedish centre-half. Uh, just release them from contract, which is a big move at a financially strict time right now. He's reasoned that by saying that they're not standards, which is an interesting point. And then, obviously, being quite chippy with the news reporter, as he can sometimes be, and then finishing off the interview by saying, if the people want me to go, I'll go. Now, for somebody who has made himself a board member and moved all the way from Bristol and bought a new house, that seems like he's getting pushed to breaking point. And I think, I mean, they haven't been widely reported or accurately reported, but there are rumours that he is suffering things in personal life. I mean, we know that he has uh, three deaf children. So perhaps there are some issues with that. Um, 
they put it right with a win over Crawley Town in midweek. Uh, another classic, John Yems. Most nice match interview. But that is definitely some underlying issues bubbling away at Grimsby. Um And it'll be really interesting to see how that pans out over a fixture in Christmas and New Year. Yeah. It's a very deep situation there. And do, on and, and do listen, everyone listening, do listen to the full interview. It's on uh, Humberside Radio on BBC Sounds. Just search Ian Holloway, Tramway, going to be able to come up. Um, it's well okay. worth six minutes of your time. Indeed. So, yeah, deep and worrying situation at Grimsby Town. Um, and uh, they asked 18th, of course. Carry on. Uh, the other uh, thing we should mention um, from... Um, League two is Bolton Wanderers. Four wins in a row. No longer her press conferences from Ian Everett marred by comments about his young players and outing them. Uh, Matt Jilks has come in to replace the young Billy Cranlin in goal, who he ostracised. And Matt Jilks, I mean, you know, experienced CFL player. He has just settled everything right down at the back. Uh, Tony Sarsovich, um, we know how good he's been for Ple- Plymouth uh, Fleetwood. Uh, in past League Two seasons, and I mean, he's finally setting into the role again. Uh, Owen Doyle's got his shooting boots on, and uh, everything promised uh, with Bolton at the start of this season is um, uh, starting uh, to materialise, uh, which is nice to see. Um, yeah. Because it wasn't nice to see Bolton have another uh, flailing season. Well, I mean, we've compared them to uh, 80s Burnley before, and uh, safe to say they won't have their worst. Yes, uh, I think that is definitely um, safe to say. Uh, they will, uh, if, not, if not playoffs this season, uh, you know they'll claw their way out of that division and uh, it's the long road back to relevance, but, I guess, for Bolton. Well, it's not, it's not, it is uh, like um, like the Manorama uh, National League, it is, it is not a difficult division to climb up. Uh, no. Um, well, I mean, you know, Portsmouth, Wolves, uh, Burnley, some big teams have been down here. And, I, I, uh, yeah. I wonder if the reason for that in League 2 specifically is that in Bolton's case and many other teams in that situation's case, like Mansfield with Nigel Clough, for example, because it's almost certain that they won't get relegated with only two spots and oftentimes at least one of those two spots is filled by a absolute financial um, mess. An abject team, yeah. It's, as I say, almost certain you won't get relegated, but that completely takes the shackles off and you're allowed to impose your philosophy more freely and defeats have less impact and consequence um, than they do. Uh, so uh, I think that's interesting. Maybe, yeah. Just uh, to move on quickly, I think we should have a, a quick word on non-league, and well, one team in non-league, Wrexham. Uh, we haven't talked about yes. Wrexham yet. Uh, With their takeover, of course, big news in football. Yes, um, and uh, the results from the pits have lifted instantly. I mean, they've been in relegation fight, not just this season, but last season as well. Um, but now three wins on the bounce, a 4-0 win over Sutton United, their biggest win. Um, in Donkey's time, uh, I think since January it was, um, uh, Rex and Sporting friend of mine, Tom, uh, said that uh, not only has Dean Keats gone from uh, Keats out to in Keats We Trust, but also 
the players have been given a kick up the backside by the takeover because they realise their future's on the line now. Um, yeah, and so I wouldn't. Be... Well, it's an interesting takeover. You know, the last yeah. people you'd expect to take over, but you know, the supporters trust deserve credit for vetting these two guys for yeah. kind of meeting Absolutely. them halfway, striking a deal, and uh, you know, for and Wrexham have have a history of playing league football. Yeah, they do. So uh, they, they shouldn't be alien to them, and uh, they have the facilities and the support to accommodate this. <clears> and uh, yeah, it, it, it's the right foundation to build a, a football league team on. It really is. Um, and now I think we have uh, just enough time to do our weekend preview. Uh, you want to talk about the Premier League very quickly? Uh, last weekend's Premier League fixtures? Uh, if, if, you, if you want a quick word on them, yeah. uh, if you want uh, any opinion. I think um, my biggest talking point from the Premier League weekend um, would be uh, Liverpool imperious against Leicester. Um, let's just think well, the performance uh, narrative. So they said Leicester were passive, but yeah, Liverpool did the usual good, good, good scouting. Uh, played played to their strengths, and uh, and most importantly, uh, they found Leicester's weaknesses. So, for for example, the set pieces, mm. they identified that Leicester are weak. Uh, they got Alexander Arnold and Robertson to uh, make good deliveries in, and we had a funny own goal, of course, one well, funniest in a long time, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but just to see the tactical continuity, the elite tactical continuity of Liverpool despite their injuries is amazing. We all know Leicester won five four one for these big games, um, and I mean the 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 second goal uh, Liverpool scored, uh, Jota's header, I believe it was the second goal. Um, you know Robertson, excuse me, and Curtis Jones on the left, um, completely taking out. Um, Albrighton uh, and Pereira um, with the passing intricacy and then giving Robertson the space to whip it in which is a three-on-three three, uh, well, a marked three-on-three three with um, Jota uh, Firmino and Mane up against the three centre-backs and picking out a glorious ball for Jota with Robbo's quality um, it was just so impressive to see um, karma for Leicester for an unnecessary kick change uh, as well, uh, I'll get that in there. And uh, indeed, I think um, we can say the other big headline of the weekend: Tottenham Man City. Um, I mean, can can we see any upturn in form for Man City? Uh, I'm I'm really well. Uh, really uh, uh, yeah, I shared it on our group. Aguero is going to struggle to play after the passing of his father-in-law. Yes, yes, absolutely. So that's not ideal for them, but. There are bigger problems. I think Guardiola has a defence to sort out, which I don't think he can do by uh, spending more money on it. I think he actually needs to get on the training pitch and run some defensive drills. But if he already doesn't do that, the those problems have been there since. Um, I mean, since last season, I would no, say. even the eighteen nineteen season, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, they still hit ninety eight points that season, but uh, performances like um, losing at home to Crystal Palace three two. Uh, just before Christmas, that season. Yeah. Uh, so, a weekend preview, yeah. Uh, which games are you looking forward to? Well, um, as we all know, we love uh, we love the FA Cup weekend. Um, uh, BBC on a Friday night is always a fake, tasty fixture to tuck into. And guess, I mean, Aki, would you see the day 
Northampton's uh, Northamptonshire team, apart from Northampton, on the BBC, Brackley Town, away at Tranmere tonight. I can't. Well, I'm not sure about you. It's great to see Brackley Town having some relevance because you know uh, they've always been there, and they are the non-league team of Northampton. I mean, Kettering are, you know, Kettering have gone a bit downhill, and uh, Rushton and Diamonds are, are are a Phoenix club at the minute, but yeah. They are a representation of the county. They're an old club. Uh, they deserve their moment in the sun and hopefully they can get a good result up there. Yes. Uh, I, uh, I I mean, you know, Tranmere have been in good form recently, but it's likely they'll put out a, a rotated side uh, for the Cup. Um, I mean, they, yeah. they, they definitely, definitely have a chance. Uh, and other teams to watch out for will be Chorley. Obviously, um, uh, buoyed by their win over League One Wigan, um, they're away um, to uh, Peterborough. Uh, going in League One. Uh, Kings Lynn away to Portsmouth. That is a big one. Uh, the Linnets, obviously, financially backed and newly promoted into the National League. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, it's a, a shame that uh, that's. I mean, it's the biggest fixture in Kings Lynn ta- Kings Lynn Town's history. That. Um, playing obviously a side who won the FA Cup only t- twelve years ago, um, uh, so an absolutely massive one for them. I think uh, Oxford City away at Shrewsbury Town as well for me, big one. Uh, obviously Oxford's uh, second side um, with a good chance, and then um, I guess um, the two other games that people will be, or at least I will be looking out most for, uh, are the two games, the two all non-league games. Excuse me. Um, so Canvey Island at home to Boreham Wood on um, uh, on Boreham Wood in the, the National League and Canvey Island in the National League South, I believe. Um, and also Marine against Haven and Waterlooville, the Marine in Step 8 of English football and Haven and Waterlooville, excuse me, in the National League South. Um, and two, it's, it's just great to see ton, uh, two non-league sides will be in the third round draw. And um, let's hope uh, come next week, uh, when we're reviewing the weekend, that um, we'll be talking about uh, a juicy third round tie for them, uh, where fans, it looks like, will hopefully be there in early January. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so in the championship, uh, there are some decent games. The Brentford QPR tonight. Yes. Uh, I mean, I can't see anything other than a Brentford win for that, really. Um, Brentford will have planned this meticulously. Frank, Frank knows how much the game means to fans. Um and um, look, QPR have picked up some decent results in recent weeks, but the structure and process has maybe been lacking a bit. And um, I'm thankful to expose that. And of course, uh, Middlesbrough travel to Huddersfield. Uh, yes, that will be a, a, a big uh, game. Obviously, um, we saw obviously free scoring Huddersfield up until last weekend when Wickham or uh, more or less completely restricted them. Uh, so if Wickham could do that with comfortability. Uh, I see no reason why Middlesbrough won't be able to as well, um, as we uh, discussed at the beginning of the pop. Yeah, in, indeed. Uh, I, I'd back uh, Middlesbrough to win that, of course. Uh, Middlesbrough to beat Huddersfield. And, uh... I think also an interesting yeah. game will be um, Cardiff against Luton. Um, we haven't talked much about Luton because they've just been mid-table, but um, you know, it's a big improvement from, yeah. uh, you well, know, I mean, uh, where they... Since uh, Nathan Jones retook over, they've only lost five of their 22 games, so that's less than a quarter, um, which has been remarkable, really. 
Um, and, you know, signings are starting to bed in. Reese Norrington Davis is playing really well at left back, uh, for example. Um, and Luton have just been quietly humming away and contrast that to Cardiff where, you know, a lot has been made, as we said, about their poor start to the season. And um, uh, a confidence win for, new, for the Bluebirds um, uh, will be needed for that. Indeed. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's... Uh... That's our preview for the weekend, which it promises to be exciting. Yes, we'll uh, enjoy the FA Cup action. Uh, hopefully, hopefully the last FA Cup weekend for a very, very, very long time without fans. Let's hope. Perhaps yeah, let's in, hope. Yeah. Indeed. And also a Spurs travel to Chelsea on yes. Sunday. So and, uh, that's another one to look out for. And of course, Leeds travel to Everton. So a good week of Premier League action too. And, uh, you know... Uh, Football comes sticking fast. Uh, quick note for the Christmas period: I think there are fifty televised games in twenty days. Blimey. Wow! Uh, they're, they're saying it's a mini World Cup in a sense, wow. so you know, at least your eyes on that. I mean, as I say, hopefully it will be nice just to see however minimal some fans are. Uh, no yeah. more fake crumbling. Indeed, and, um, indeed. Let's hope that we can uh, get through this winter and uh, successfully roll out the vaccine to gradually um, ease back uh, funds return. I know me and you are both, uh, me and you are both desperate. For... Well, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be there at the first game back, wherever yes. it is. Heck, I'll go down to the Cobblers, Oxford. Northamptonshire is tier two, I believe, or is it tier three? Yes, yes, we're tier two, so... That's all right. We could, I think, I, yeah, definitely a, a trip to Corby Town or Kettering will be on the cards. If six well, wherever. Wherever yeah. a ball is being kicked and fans are out in, we will be yes, there. Absolutely. I think that should be a motto. Well. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and, but, uh, yeah, I guess uh, that's all we have time for today, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for... It was a great show, Al. Thank you for listening.